Hello and welcome to the Surveyor Podcast with James Baker and John Lever. Two chartered surveyors embarking upon a social media journey, locked in a virtual room with nothing better to do than to discuss everything surveying. And something's not. Hi everyone, welcome to the Surveyor Podcast. A little bit out of practice while since we recorded one of these. Um, so forgive us, um, well, forgive me if I make some errors, don't forgive John. Um, hello John. Hello, it's been a while, isn't it? We've been, we've been, um, um, where has the last few months gone? We're going to have to do a podcast in, in the next few days going, where on earth has the last three months gone? Um, but yes, no, very good. Thank you. And um, we, we're delighted just, um, just to kind of throw a bit of history into there. Don't forget everyone. We've just finished this week our um, Good Governance podcast, haven't we? Which yes, been, we have. That's really cool. So, um, so yes, but tonight... Tonight, today, this afternoon, this morning, whenever you're listening to this, we've got a really good one to do, haven't we? So uh, we so have. I'm going to hand over to you, James, and uh, you can introduce it. Thanks, John. So today we've got um, a former guest of ours on the podcast, Anthony Walker. Delighted to have Anthony back with us. And Anthony's here to talk to us about specific um, specific consultation that's happening right now. Well, um, for, for those of you that don't know. It's happening. Um, so the consultation, and I'm not going to lie, I haven't really engaged with it as much as I should do, but I have a conversation previously with Anthony about it. So uh, it, it's all around the um, the RICS journals and the um, digital slash hard copy. Um, I can't think of the right word. Um, well, value, I guess. Very well, are you? You're I'm not doing very well at all. Um, it, you know, it's just, it's just busy. It's just absolutely <laughs> shocking. But as I said at the start, you know, don't hold it against me. So, um, so first things first, then I guess the best thing to do is to come to you, Anthony, and uh, if you can give us a little bit of a background on on this whole, um, uh, you know, consultation. Yeah, thank you, James. Thank you, John. I'm delighted to be back for a second time. So I'm really pleased about that. And actually, before I get into the background, I've had uh, a few people approach me over the last few weeks and months. None of them who've asked for my signature, by the way, but by all means, they've been pretty um pleased about some of the stuff uh, and again without embarrassing you some of the stuff you've been pushing out so well done on that and uh, uh albeit i have to say it did create some tension in the family I, I think in the podcast i made reference to my daughters being 18 and 25 they're actually 18 and 23 so apologies alice i'll, I'll remember that next time better <laughs> so <laughs> that was an interesting that's one to explain that's it that's gone that's out there forever I know, I know. <laughs> Right. So let me let me give you some context to this uh, before we start going through the backstory. Um, like you two guys and like many that listen to this podcast, you know, passionate and proud RSS member. Events over the last 18 months have been challenging, but I think we can all look forward with some degree of optimism about where we're going next. And, you know, like you've done lots of things over those uh, whilst I've been a member, in particular... Over the last 10 years, member, then chair of the RSS Building Surveying Professional Group, member of several working groups, um, guidance notes, etc. Spoken at several conferences and written many articles for the RSS on use of technology, led to RSS services uh, on the use of technology. And at the moment, I sit on the UK and Ireland board and I'm also the judge of the Young Building Surveyor of the Year Award. Um, and probably... Of more direct relevance to this podcast is that from September 2018 through till 
April 2021, I was a member of the RSS Journal Editorial Working Group. Journal is something I've, over many, many years whilst being a member, really valued. Um, and I wanted to do something in terms of you know, how we could contribute to articles, etc. So that was, I guess, the context. But the background, for just to bring everybody up to speed, is prior to August 2020, the RSS produced five printed magazines that went to UK members only. Modus, and some of you will be familiar with Modus, in the, the words of the RSS, it was a public-facing global brand ambassador magazine. What that quite means, I'm not entirely sure, but well, I, I think if I say, had to try and... that mean? Yeah, I was going to yeah, say, well, that would never have struck me as something that someone would put on a coffee table. It's <laughs> actually the words I pulled directly from the consultation document. Yeah. Okay. So one, I, I tried to explain this to someone at the time, because I'll be honest, before we get into the detail, I really didn't probably value Modus that much. And if it disappeared, I don't think I shed a tear. And many members I chat to feel mm. the same. Yeah. Um, and I remember having a chat with Sean Tompkins. Um, about Modus in that I said to him, I thought it was a blue sky document that actually didn't relate to the activities of surveyors on the ground. I still feel that way. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, so that was Modus. Probably, though, uh, the, the bulk of the focus on this call for me on this podcast is we had four technical journals, one for the built environment, one for property, one for construction and one for land. And they were bi-monthly and Modus was every month. But in addition to those hard copies, what we also got, and this applied to all members across the world, was access to a PDF of that of the Modus uh, edition or journals and a PDF flipbook. I think it's called iZoo. Yeah, um, there's lots of different types. But I, I really like those because you can get them on your iPad or tablet or whatever, and you can just, if you're on the train or out in the car yep. driving, looking at yep. your phone at the same time. No, don't do that, everybody. That's against the law. No, but, you know, you could you could actually, um, then at your own leisure, couldn't you have it in your in your yeah. hand, ready to read when you wanted it? Yeah. You could, and you could search them, and you could yeah, go around your things. So, yeah. And we also had a fourth way of consuming uh, articles, which is via the website. So we've gone from four, and then post August 2020, we've now got one, which is the latter. We've lost the hard copy journals. We've lost the soft copy journals. We've lost the digital flipbook. We have web articles. We don't have journals. To call them journals is misleading. We just don't, full stop. I think in, in one of my previous LinkedIn posts, I called it the Emperor's New Clothes because that's how I feel about it. We don't have journals and I think we need to be open that, yeah. uh, about that. And I guess what was disappointing um, about all of this, and some, some of your listeners may or may not be aware of it, is that the decision to go digital only and cease production of the hard copy journals was one that was made without any wide member engagement at all. Um, albeit, uh, if you read the consultation paper, I was surprised to read within there that an external agency was appointed in 2019 to analyze readers' needs. Now, bear in mind, in 2019, I was the chair of the Building Surveying Professional Group Board. I also sat on the journal editorial working group. The fact that I didn't know this group existed just <laughs> highlights some of the issues that I think were were problematic for the RSS and engaging members 
pre-Levitt, and we can talk about that later today. Yeah. Um, so there wasn't any engagement at all. And you know, I think to be open and honest, I'm absolutely no doubt there are, there are members out there that never read the journal, probably never even opened the wrapper. Um, so do we want to go back to a situation where they are sent it for it to be thrown in the trash? No, we don't. Um, but equally, there are many members that actually did value the journal, and I was one of them. And, you know, I carry it around with me, I pull out my bag, uh, and since it's lost, it's hard copy, I no longer read those articles, I don't go online, and, and I've lost something, and I'm not on my own. Many members feel that way in terms of how it's uh, panned out. Yeah. And since that decision was made, quite a lot of members have engaged with the RSS about this to, to question why that decision was made and, you know, could it be revisited? And, and I personally would constantly raise it within the RSS working group that I was on for the, for the journal, politely and in a structured way. Um, and all we got, to be absolutely frank, uh, were patronising statements that were listening. Nobody was listening at all. And if they were listening, then they were quickly dismissing that. And we got polite reasons why they listened to all of our comments, but let me tell you why we're doing it. And I'm going to sit down that, that really grated on me because I was being told how I would operate and work every day as a surveyor by someone who, with all the due respect to them, didn't have a clue about how that works for me. And in, and in one meeting that I never forget when I raised these issues, uh, where, where I, I highlighted I'm on the road quite a lot and pulling out on the train or in between meetings or in the hotel room in the evening. And I was said, well, you, can, you know, you can print them out. You can print them all out and you can take them with you. <laughs> oh, that, that's great. That, yeah, that's, that, that's that really is a solution. <laughs> so, you know, this is what I think, for me, I think we'd lost touch with the reality about some of the decisions that were um, being made. And, and I found myself in a situation there where I was on the journal working group I was I wasn't holding back uh, with my openness and equally other people in the group felt the same way as well. And I just couldn't continue. Uh, I just felt a bit more than a little bit awkward. So in April 2021, after three years on that working group, I stood down. It was very open while I stood down and, and stated the reason. And, and I was joined by a, a good friend of mine, Kevin Thomas, as well, who'd been on that group for three years. So, so two of us stood down. And I then after engaging very openly um, but privately with the RS about this in a, um, in a way that didn't move the needle a, a jot, I then decided in a very polite structured way but balanced way equally to, to raise it through social media. And, and as we've shared on, on the previous call, you know, I'm pretty active on social media. And I was overwhelmed by the amount of support that it got. A lot of people feel the same way. Some don't. And I, I fully respect that, uh, you know, in terms of where we find ourselves. And what I found then over certainly 2021 was that, that I think in terms of conversations and the noise and the volume got louder and louder. And that led to some incredibly constructive conversations in November with Richard Collins, who's the interim chief executive of the RSS, and Nick McLean, who's the interim chair of government and council. Another uh, members of governing council actually reached out to have conversations. And I, you know, I shared my concerns. I shared 
the concerns that had been expressed to be my members, and again, in a balanced way about how it gone about. Positively, and I think this is worth reflecting on here as well, is that you know what immediately became apparent to me was that, and this was in November, so we're two months post uh, the levy review, which was, was it the 10th of September, guys? You'll have to remember me. It's a date you know quite well. It, it, it was sometime around then, Anthony. The exact date, it's not ingrained. Do you know what? In my head. You know, it's, it, I've slept since then, Anthony. I thought it would be ingrained in your memory. No, no, no. Such is the significance. But yeah. what was quite clear to me, two months post-Levitt... It was in September, I know that much. Yeah. <laughs> two months post-Levitt, we now had a very different institution yeah. to the one that I'd been used to. I'd been used to banging my head against a brick wall, try to get engagement, and I was politely dismissed, and many, many others were politely dismissed. This, for the first time, you know, and I want to praise Richard and Nick and, and others who I engaged with at the time, because... I can't imagine it'd been easy, somebody like me constantly being visible about something like this, when, quite frankly, they had a number of other issues that needed addressing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, they said to me, look, we're going to have, you know, this is this is an important issue. We fully get what you're saying. Uh, we're going to have a future member consultation. And if members want the journal back, then it'll come back. And then roll forward. I think that was in November. Uh 2021. Roll forward a month to December, the AGM, and it was confirmed by Richard um, at the AGM that a consultation would take place. And I think there was a question or several questions were raised about it. And I raised a few myself and we got responses back. Um, but what was interesting um, was the explanation that the RSS gave about why the, the journal had ceased to continue. And if I'm being honest, and I have been honest with people about this, is that I think some of these reasons stacked up and some of them didn't. So there are five reasons that they quoted. One, without a doubt, which I understand, is that, and it's a core reason, uh, was to reduce costs. And my time on the journal working group, that was the only reason that was ever mentioned. So the next four reasons I'm going to mention to you were not mentioned a jot. So let's be clear, this was very much driven, and we've got to understand the context of the timing of this. You know, 2020, uh, COVID, you know, we're still a bit uncertain. The RSS is going through a restructure, and then it's going for review. Um, you know, decisions are sometimes made at those stages for business continuity. So I, I got why it probably had to be done, but I never thought it'd be a permanent thing. Um, but, you know, I think what we've got to remember here is, is that, you know, members pay fees, which contribute significantly to the income of the RCS. And therefore, I don't think it's appropriate that decisions are made about how that money spent without having the courtesy to engage with members, especially when at the time the RSS had serious concerns raised about their own financial management. You know, these are the things that we needed just to be aware of. The second reason was, was to open up Modus and the journal to global membership. In my opinion, that is completely flawed because we had a PDF, we had a digital flipbook That could be read in um, Auckland, New Zealand. It could be read in Reykjavik, Iceland. It could be read in Timbuktu. Anybody in any part of the globe could access those documents. So that, that argument was flawed. 
the next two reasons they gave were one, to have a better online experience, and secondly, to have greater flexibility to publish timely, relevant content. I agree entirely, completely agree entirely. But it doesn't need the demise of a hard copy journal to improve those issues. And, and dare I say, you've only got to look at the CIOB who are doing some really good work in terms of their digital offerings and how they engage with members and still have a hard copy journal. So these aren't exclusive. You can't have a good website uh, at the expense of a journal. You know, members hopefully can expect both. And that's what I expected. And, and dare I say before you go on, Anthony, that, that it, it, it hasn't provided a better online experience. If anything, when I have tried to review the journal, as it's called, the articles on, on the website, as we've used them for podcast material, it's extremely difficult to navigate and find them. And it, it, it doesn't, it, there's no natural flow. And if you want to then try and print, as John and I have both found when we've looked at doing this, it's... We have actually, yeah. They come out in such, it just doesn't work. No, it doesn't so I, I, it certainly hasn't given a better online experience. Mm. No, no, not at all. The final um, reason given, and one often quoted to me, is to reduce carbon footprint. Now, again, just to give this some context, you know, I'm really passionate about the environment and I have taken massive steps myself to reduce my own carbon footprint. I've moved to a plant-based diet back in 2019 I've got an electric car. I know you've got one, John. Use public transport wherever I can. I walk, I cycle. So I've really tried my best. Um, and probably, I would say, you know, more than more than the average individual. Um, and I've done lots and lots of research regarding this because, I, you know, I wanted to question my own sanity in relation to statements will be made about, you know, we have to do this to save the environment. And interestingly enough, there's a really great book by a chap called uh, Mike Berners-Lee, the brother of Tim Berners-Lee, who invented the internet. His brother, Mike, is a leading author on carbon accounting and stayed in New Scientist only last year. And I did post about this, that, you know, reading books, magazines is a low carbon activity, whether it's online or whether it's in paper. And it's a good thing because you actually learn as a process of doing it. And when I did a little bit more digging into this, that... Um, the National Geographic magazine, only a few years ago now, um, did a study to try and calculate the carbon from one of their magazines. And I think it was something like 0.82, which probably doesn't mean much to many people, but that is the equivalent of driving an average car for three kilometres. I think it's not that far off a, a large cow's milk latte. So I'm not going to bore you the details about this, but I think I would absolutely welcome greater cognizance and understanding and appreciation of the environment and how as surveyors and human beings we can reduce our carbon footprint but please let do let's do so with some degree of informed base the amount of people that have thrown that back to me and when you look at their lives have made no difference at all in their lives so you know in the grand scheme of things it is an issue but it's not significant in, enough in my opinion given the low levels to actually impact upon it. Um, so that was the background to where we go. That led to a consultation document being published just after Easter, 20th of April, and it concludes in the next few days, which is Friday the 27th of May. I think there's about 20 questions 
if I'm honest, and this has been fed back to me, some of the questions pull you down an avenue which doesn't really give you the freedom to answer them in the way that you would all ideally wish, but, you know, we are where we are. I was invited to review that documentation before it got published, and I initially agreed to do so, but for reasons I can't go into on this podcast, I decided not to in the end, and I saw it at the same time everybody else did. So that that's the context, um, James, in terms of what happened in the past to get to the point where the consultation document was issued. Just a quick question. Um, how did we ever deal from a diversity and inclusion perspective with the journals before? Were they in large print or Braille or anything like that? Or were, and they were, they were never audio converted, were they? Either. No, they were never audio. I don't think the RSS, again, I'm, I probably can't answer this absolutely 100% with accuracy, but I'm pretty confident they didn't have anything in terms of Braille. Whereas um, something the, like your PDF and your flip book and stuff like that can probably be read. Mind you, a web page yeah. can be read now, can't it, as well? But, yeah, you, know, yeah. you know, having it in a magazine, you can get audio readers and you can zoom in on them. So and, you, and you raise a really good point there, John, which I'll probably expand upon later. And that, um, what's obvious about all of this is that as an institution, we have, we have 134,000 members across the globe. 94 of them in UK and Ireland. There isn't one size solution fits all. No, no. Mm. And I think what, whether it's the journal, whether, whether it's anything else, you know, one of the things that we pride ourselves on is, is inclusion and, you know, the decisions we make and the interaction that we have that take account of a whole range of needs. And we, we have to ensure that that is the case going forward, whatever the solution is. Yeah. Um, and equally, we need to reflect upon decisions that have been made where that, probably hasn't been the case. And, you know, I'm more than happy to, to expand upon some examples of that, you know, as we progress throughout this podcast. Mm. No, it's, it's just an interesting point because, you know, we have now technology and websites and all these things need to be thinking about the whole inclusivity piece. And it, it's very much something that's close to my heart as well, making yeah. sure, you know, whatever goes forward that we, we really think about that. So without a doubt. So we kind of covered the background. Um, so, James, do you want to lead off with the next bit, or shall I? Uh, I'm happy to, John. I, I guess you, go they, you sat there very quietly. Yeah. So I was listening. I was. I was. You know, it's, it's useful to to find the background because I know bits of it, but I, I, I've not, and I've engaged with with Anthony around this on occasion, but I, it's not something I'm fully informed of, which is why it's nice to do this podcast to make sure that listeners um, are aware and can have their say before the consultation ends. But I guess that brings us nicely then into really. So, I, I guess why is it why is it important, Anthony? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think to answer that directly first is that you know the RSS isn't anything without its members, and in my in my opinion, pre Levitt, we'd seen a decade of erosion, if not more. You guys probably have seen it far more closer than I. We'd lost the member voice. We'd lost the engagement. And it's not surprising that we'd lost trust and we'd lost confidence in the RSS. And, you know, decisions made without engagement are only going to actually add fuel to that. And, you know, this is perfectly evidenced by the last member survey results. I don't know if you've seen them. They're, they're in the public domain. But net satisfaction in the UK and Ireland is 32%. Worldwide, it's not much better. It's 42 
And the only thing I find surprising about those numbers is why why they're as high as 32%, because that <laughs> seems incredibly optimistic. We need to find those people that voted. And we need well, to that third drink. of people, a third the of members. A third of members in the UK are, are quite happy with it. That's quite remarkable, given, no, it's, given it's what's happened. Members. How many did actually vote, though, for the member survey? Because you've got to put that in. Well, court. there is that, isn't there? Apparently 10% um, this time, which is high compared to, to yeah. usual. But even, even then, my, and, and I said this at the board, we had, you know, the board mate was literally just a few days before it was published. And I said at the board, which got quite a smile, who... Who voted that they were satisfied or who expressed? Because given everything we've been through, I think even the most optimistic of individuals would struggle to be satisfied with where we've been. That's not to say that we won't be satisfied as we go forward, but on reflection, where we've been isn't a great place. And, and, you know, one of the stats just reinforces that. Only 9% of members in UK and Ireland said they would speak highly of the RSS without being asked. I mean, what a dreadful place mm. to be in. And, you know, how is that important for the journal? Well, for, for many people, the only engagement they had with the RSS was receiving the journal. And there's a good friend of mine who said to me when the um, journal had been uh, ceased to exist, is that he said, you know, the only thing I ever get from the RSS is two things, a reminder for my fees and a journal and i now don't get the latter um, and which did did make me smile and many people have actually said to me he's absolutely right um, that, that's all we do get now all we get is change for our fees um and at a time where we probably needed more engagement and it, you know the journal isn't the only way but it's one way losing the journal resulted in, in my opinion less Decisions taken without seeking member views typified, I think, what everything that was wrong with institution. And Levitt shone a light on this. And I've always been led to believe since I joined the RSS that it was a democratic and it was an inclusive institution. But, you know, I started to doubt that given what happened. You know, I've mentioned about the numbers of members that we've got. You know, we can't have a solution which one size fits all because it doesn't doesn't fit all we need to find a way and lead by example on inclusion it's not just age or color or disability gender or race religion but it's about how some people struggle to to learn or different ways that they learn how people struggle with mental health yeah and in my opinion and i've been very direct with the artists about this the decision to cease a hard copy journal did not consider these issues in a way that an inclusive institution should I'm yeah very clear I 100% agree, because I would have to say, from my own experience in the last two or three years since technology's improved, I mean, I'm a useless reader, which is why James always does all the reading on our podcasts. We um, have proven that, yes. We have proven that. And, and you know, and but something like a PDF that I can throw through an audio reader that reads it back to me, you know, instantly... I'm 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 able to engage and and sort of uh, take on board the the information and that much more succinctly and and in a better way. So yeah, I mean, I've, I've you know I've been a member now what twenty twenty seven nearly twenty eight years, and um, yeah, it's only in more modern times I'm kind of really engaging. And then when the content's not there, I mean, I can't engage in that way on a website because you've got to 
take the connection with you wherever you're going, whether the PDF is is static on your device, isn't it? And and it's I think you know I think that's there's a lot to be said for that. I mean, just out of interest, what um what are the options that are on the table for for what could be? Are we are we talking audio versions, hard copies, PDFs? You know what what's, what's so at the moment the only the only thing that has been mentioned in the uh, consultation paper document is the ability. To, well, there are twenty questions, but it, it, if I had to distill them right down to to the core facts, it's the ability to opt in and opt out. And um, if what does that mean, opt in and opt out of to what? Get hard copy journal. To yeah, to get a hard copy journal. Oh, hard copy. Uh, what? So they, they um, would consider doing a PDF of it as well. Well, then? I, I'm. You see, th this is one of the things I couldn't quite work out because if we're going to have a journal, then surely a, a PDF would be a byproduct of that. That happens with all the other institutions. Well, in anyone who's in a publishing house nowadays, if you're designing a, a journal for print, surely you would You've just got to do that first. PDF it. To well, yeah, yeah. It, it will by nature surely be designed on a computer, Absolutely. and therefore it isn't. It isn't difficult. I mean, uh, in my day job, I or everything I produce is is a PDF document. You know, building survey reports and. And even contract documents, all sorts of different things that we do now are all electronic. And that's not to say I don't have to still have hard copies of some of them, but they are all pre-PDF. It's so easy to create a PDF these days. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it wouldn't be difficult when it's been produced on an, yeah. in an electronic format originally yeah. for ready for print. And to, and to tell and the like, truth, it wouldn't need to be in one of those clever little flippy book things because just a normal PDF would be perfectly fine. Absolutely. And, and you, you raise a really good point here. And, and James, you mentioned this about IT. Let's face it, and let's be honest. The RSS doesn't have a great history when it comes to IT projects. And I'm full of admiration for, for some of the projects that have done. You know, in particular in COVID, where they very quickly got the conferences online. Or, you know, it must have been a remarkable achievement. However, let's not escape the fact is they've struggled. They've struggled with ARC, they've struggled with the website, they've struggled with all things. But one of the things which, and they did this with the professional group boards, they got rid of the boards on the basis that all of these fancy IT things we're going to be working and they weren't <laughs> and there's a lesson here to be learned that if they've said right we're going to cease the production of the journal but here we go we've still got the the pdf we've still got the the flip book that wouldn't have been too bad no but we went from three options to one yeah we, we absolutely threw the baby out with the bathwater yeah. and part of me just thinks who thought that was a good idea mm. Just, mm. just who but one of the things which through the engagement that I've had with so many members now over the last two years, uh, eighteen years on this, that you know, many of them have been open with me about, and generally it's messages or phone calls. You know, they struggle to read technical documents online. I do. Mm. I really find it hard. Yeah. And they they equally find it difficult to retain technical knowledge when they read online. And there have been countless studies yeah. about why that's difficult to do. Um, so not just you know, someone's a, a Luddite, it's actually difficult to do full stop. And I really struggle with that. I really do. Um, the other element to this is that, and I probably put myself in this bracket as well, many people that I've engaged with want to reduce the hours they spend online. They don't really work, you know, we work long enough as mm -hmm. it is. The last thing I want to do is finish whatever time and, I, and then, so oh, I need to, need to read the journal. I'm going to go back online again, again. I don't want to do that. And again, there have been countless studies that have shown excessive hours online can impact on our uh, mental well-being. But some did speak to me confidentially and said, look, I, I do have mental health issues. 
And the medical advice I've been given is absolutely restrict the hours you spend online. Because, you know, that's one of the key things that's making them struggle. Um, the last thing they want to do is read journals online. And then I've had one or two people contact me and say, I've got disabilities. I've got real challenges uh, reading online. But this picks up a point you make, John, that actually there are other people that might find a PDF really helpful where they can magnify into the text and see yeah. that. They could have a reader. So this is me saying, maybe greedily, I'd like both, please. I'd like a hard copy journal, but I'd equally like a really good interactive digital option as well. Yeah, and and it's surely cannot be that difficult because you know uh, print printing um, documents nowadays, like like we just said earlier, it, it's created in a computer. So um, if you and a lot of these, um, I've seen these flipbook type PDF systems before where you just throw a PDF at it and it just does all the other stuff for you. So it yeah. indexes it, it puts little turny pages on it and all you'd have to do is create the PDF. And then the, some clever spark out there has written a bit of software that turns it into one of those books. You yeah. know, so, so there's there's many a different different way. And, and actually, to, to tell the truth, there's certain elements of, of the that I would like to see, which is what James and I have kind of, I guess, created with the Surveyor podcast, is, you know, some audio. Um, yeah or you know what's what's modus talking about now i know modus have started doing some podcasts haven't they but um you know it's 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 i've, I've not even gone there i haven't even gone to, no you know it's no. not drawn me in yeah at, so yeah it's interesting isn't it interesting. so i mean on on all of that I, again and i've been open about this privately and publicly I, I just don't feel that we have demonstrated good inclusion when you when you factor all those things into account mm. and you will end up in a situation which isn't healthy for some members. That's not a good thing, especially given the importance that the ISIS have stated publicly on things like mental health and inclusion. I think only literally two days ago, they launched an initiative or a working group about equality and inclusion. Well, let's lead by example. Let's look at everything we do. Um, and and that I, goes I back, sorry, Anthony, that goes back to the, the point you were making earlier about one size fits all. And if you do, the very nature of not being inclusive is by only providing one option. Yeah. yeah you cannot possibly absolutely. be inclusive if there is only one option to, to, yeah. to, yeah. Um, you know, engage and digest this information that yeah. that is not going to fit with the 134,000 members. It, it yeah, just can't. Yeah. I mean, the, the other thing though, which is, is important the final part of, you know, why is it important? The journal is also important. That contributes to our learning. Mm. Some members would read the journal cover to cover. Some would target certain articles of direct interest, but on skimming the journal, they'd end up reading something that they had absolutely no direct interest in. Like, yeah. for example, me, I'd end up reading something on quantitative surveying, possibly. Um, why, why would you do would that? You never want to read anything. Yeah, I was kidding. <laughs> Are you mad? <laughs> no, I, I agree with this, John. I used to, I used to, I mean, I'm a bit, yeah. bit geek. I used to pick up on all the apps and all the other things that yeah. were. Yeah. used to talk about oh, yeah. web pages and, and those those are yeah. many an hours wasted looking at those oh, i know i used to flick through through when it when it arrived i'd open it up and i'd flick through it and i'd i'd think right what what do i want to read about and i, I would never read it cover to cover but i would pick out certain things and i would inevitably end up reading things that i'd had no interest in and i'd learned yeah. something about them and it was great for for that whole cpd that lifelong learning it was yeah. it was great yeah. uh, and be yeah. honest how many of us flicked to the obituaries to start with? <laughs> Do you know, I had, I had one of the responses to one of my posts 
from a guy who said the only reason I used to ever read anything was to see who died. And so, okay. Again, say it takes got some value out of it. Yeah. It's all about um, inclusivity. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But but joking aside, you, the point that you've made, James, is really relevant. You know, you gain a broader knowledge. You know, um, you might end up reading things about I don't know thatch roofs off. Yeah, you would actually benefit by actually gaining that wider understanding. And and since we've gone online, many members, and I'm afraid I have to put myself in this bracket, haven't actually gone to search anything. Even the ones I talk to that have, it's been a very narrow, specific search. Fire protection. Uh, Japanese knotweed that's not going to help us broaden our knowledge and you know let's not forget learning is critical to our assist members not only do we have a requirement for CPD but the sharing development of knowledge amongst members is central to the RSS role under the Royal Charter mm-hmm. yet we've now got a system and we've created something that doesn't lend itself to that mm-hmm. at least it doesn't do an inclusive way so inclusion for me, just to conclude why it's important, it's important that we are inclusive. We're a broad church, it can't be one size fits all. And at the heart of all of this, we want surveyors who continually learn and develop and grow their skills. And I think at the moment, that's hard given the framework that we've got. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree because the, the only reason I end up forcing myself to go look at Modus or some of the articles is because I, every month, do a, a little bit on our APC Roadshow, that happens every week. Um, I just have a feature in there every month, what's on Modus this this month, you know, because no one will go and look at it. So we have to kind of push them in that direction. But that's really the end. Nothing's drawing me to it, whereas the, the journal, hard copy or PDF, flipbook or whatever, yeah. um, as you say, you know, it would have always been something that you flick through. and, and to the, um, I mean, to this day, I still have hard copy, copy actual physical copies of, of past journals in my office which I will occasionally, you know, get out and have a look through. And, and I've saved them for specific reasons because there's something of interest in there or, or whatever it might be. And, yeah, I still, I've still got them. I used to go through them every month and do a, um, an article saying this is useful for this APC candidates and this is useful for that. And, uh, yeah, I used to pull out – I used to literally capture and, and put them into um, emails and documents and discussion forums – saying you've got to read this because it's relevant. So, no, interesting. Okay. Um, So what's kind of bring us up to date with where we're at? Because the consultation is due to finish soon, isn't it? Yeah. So, you know, as we speak with Tuesday, the um, consultation concludes in three days' time on Friday, 27th of May. And I think what's important here is, is that whatever your views please use this as an opportunity to respond. Because I think pre-Levitt would have absolutely been delighted to be engaged in the way that we are at the moment. Mm, And I think we need to grab this with both hands um, and to help make a difference. Because, you know, I've chatted to a few people who um, have been very critical. Some have been unbelievably critical and not balanced. and I've said, okay, well, are you going to reply to the consultation? No, I can't be bothered. And I just said, well, you've really got no ground to complain then, because what we want is even if someone's the, got the polar opposite view of me, yeah. is that I respect with all of those members, we've got to find a way to understand what are the issues that are important to them, because only then 
can we shape this institution into what we want it to be? You know, to reflect members, so members feel more satisfied and engaged and in interactive with the, with the institution. So whatever your views, please, please, it won't take you long, please respond to it. And, you know, what hopefully, just to summarise what I touched on earlier, John, is that in essence, what we, what we would get is an opt-in, opt-out model. So for those that don't want a journal, I completely respect that. There are some wouldn't want a PDF, wouldn't want a flip book, wouldn't want anything. Yeah. Um, some just want the letters after their name. I, I get that. Um, but there are many members who don't feel that way. Many members do want to find a better way of engaging the institution. And this would give them one option of how they could do it. Um, and, you know, equally, it, if we have X number of members who don't want it, then that, that's going to help the, the, the cost model as well in terms of how we put it forward. But you know, there are so many that I meet that do want to contribute and have a voice in terms of how they can take this forward. So it's critically important that we take this. You know, we were moaning, you know, when we didn't get the option, the journal was ceased and we didn't get a voice. And I'll be honest, it's taken a lot of energy and effort to get to this point now. And I'm very grateful for the RRCS, who mm. must have been sick to death <laughs> raising these issues. Not, not him again, I think, must have been the reflection of uh, what was said. However, I have to say I'm, I'm very grateful and I appreciate immensely the fact that we've got this engagement. Um, and, you know, I will respect the outcome of what that will be. I do hope it is that we get a more balanced, inclusive solution, which is hard copy, soft copy and other ways of engaging. And we continue to improve our digital offering because, you know, as I started this you know, podcast earlier, Technology has been a key part of my life. It's a key part of what I do. I love technology. Yeah. That doesn't mean I want a digital only world mm. because that's not where we are. You know, we, I was in London last week meeting people. Um, you know, I could have easily done it on Zoom, but you don't quite get there. So, you know, I don't think any of us want a digital only world. There are many occasions like podcasts like this that work really well, but there are others where we need a balance. And, and I think what we need to try and reflect on here is what is the right solution to reflect the broad membership base we've got and to be more inclusive. And just for anyone who is listening, I will find the consultation link and put it in the details. Yeah, the thank you. As well, so they can just go and find it and click through. So, yeah, I'll make sure. Thanks, that John. Cool. Okay. Um, James. Okay, so, sorry, John. Still with us. Yeah, I'm still, I'm still, yeah, just uh, thinking, considering the the views that Anthony has put forward, and and just just thinking thinking about um, when I'm going to go and uh, you know review this consultation and, and offer my feedback. Anyhow, if if there is a hard copy journal that, that is to return, Anthony, uh, do you have any views on how you think it it could be improved? Yeah, that's a. That's a really good question. And I know it, it, it does form part of some of the questions in the consultation document. And, you know, I, I sat on the working group, the general working group for three years, and I have to say they do some great work pulling together articles, uh, drafting them themselves and, and going out and seeking individuals that will pull them together. So on the whole, I, I think it works relatively well. However, like all things, it probably could do with a refresh. And I think, the refresh should maybe align with the brave new world that 
you know, I, I'm confident and hopeful that we're, we're now just about to move into to reflect, you know, the feedback from the general consultation, but equally to reflect on some of the things that might flow from Bishai Review. You know, what are members looking for? What engagement do they want? But ultimately, I'd like to see, given that the RS is made up of, I think, about 65, 70% of SMEs, I'd like to see the journal providing clear advice and guidance and case studies and examples that members can look at and think, I could do that. That's really helpful for me. I, I can understand that in the level that I didn't before, because ultimately, lots of these surveyors are out there delivering services and the institution should support them and help them. And I think the journal is an extension of that. So. On the whole, I think it works okay. And there, there are other people that don't feel that, you know, they feel that, you know, it's possibly needs to be more educationally led. Some people feel it needs to be broader than just RSS members. So I think, I think like this whole issue, there are very broad views. Um, but ultimately for me, where I really got value out of the journal was it increased my knowledge. And, and actually in certain instances, it gave me the confidence that I could do certain things by reading things and researching and even looking at things that I didn't know anything about. And, and I, I've drafted probably about 12 articles over the years. Not for the last two years, I haven't. Uh, but, uh, um, and mine were very much about sharing best practice, try to, try to share thought leadership, you know, and, and that aligned with some of the conferences I did about how you could say to surveys, in particular technology, Look, this is this is a game changer for all of us. This is about how we can embrace better ways of working, how you can add value to your clients. So I saw the journal and the conferences hand in hand there to provide guidance, information and clarity that without it, those members wouldn't get. And at the moment, some of them aren't getting that because they're not reading. So I do see they've got an important role, but I think it would be good to reflect on where we are now going and all the change and certainly... Um, you know, some of the member engagement work um, that Rory Murphy's lead and I was with Rory only the other week sounds really exciting about how we can do that. So these are how we can end up with a basket of goods that can really help members. And the journal, a really beneficial journal, giving good advice and, and good clarity, I think, can help with that. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I mean, I, I've only ever written one article, Anthony. I've not written the 12, such as yourself. Um, but I, I do... I do uh, Funnily enough, though, I, I have it. I have that very article framed on the wall in my office because oh, really? I, I, yeah. I got I remember being asked to write it. I was matrix chairman and uh, I was thrilled to be asked. You yeah. know, I read the journal and 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 to be asked yeah. to actually contribute to it. I, I, I was you know, it was a great moment. And yeah. to then write something and um, see it published was was a, a proud moment for me. Um, never, ever thought, mm. you know somebody like me would uh, would be uh, a published author in some respects or any respect and um yeah it, it was nice and, and I've got that and and I think I certainly wouldn't feel that pride um by you know providing some form of article or something that goes on a website um whilst that's not really important in the grand scheme of things and and in what we're discussing but I I think there's for me the journals are hugely important. I, I, I would love a hard copy. At the same time, I'd also love a PDF because there are certain circumstances where I would use both, where I would re, you know, read them both. Um, but the points you were making earlier, I think, around um, you know, trying to have less screen time. Um, you know, I spend 
I dread to think how many hours a day I spend in front of a screen and uh, it would be lovely to go away and 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 I do read books when I get chance um yeah. but it, it, you know hard copy books and and I, I'm somebody who went away from reading hard copy books to came one of these you know an, an Amazon Kindle many years ago oh, and, yeah. uh, and using that and downloading them. but I, I now have you know plenty of hard copy books as well that, that I enjoy reading and to have a an industry specific and specific to mm. me and and things that I'm interested mm. in or, or you know things that I can learn from to have that again I would find absolutely invalu- invaluable yeah. and I you know I would have it in the office I would I would leave it yeah. there for people coming into the office to be able yeah. to see and read um, and I think it's a uh, I, I do think we've lost some value by not having it mm. you actually raise a really valid point though in terms of from from what I pick up it has had a detrimental effect on people wanting to write articles as well mm. because they just don't get the same visibility no. being on a website. And in fact, somebody told me, I don't know if it was Dale actually, somebody told me that the universities have downgraded the RSS journal because it's not a journal anymore. Um, I'm, I'm not an expert on this and there'll be probably people listening on this who are shouting at the podcast saying, you fool, it's, it's that. But they've lost the status, I believe. But there are many, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't write an article now. Um, I just wouldn't. Um, because they are, as you will know, James, they are quite time consuming because like yeah. you, a little bit like the chat we had uh, on the last time I was on this call, there are things you do in life you think, yeah, I never thought I was going to do that. Yeah. And I never thought I was going to write articles because, you know, I wouldn't put myself as a wordsmith by any nice. stretch of imagination. Nice. Um, but pulling together articles was more about you as a surveyor and how you could help others. And you know, they had an editorial group that would work on some of those things as well. But, you know, and I thought it was part of my development. And like you, I was immensely proud. I've still got them all in the, in yeah. the on the shelf behind me now. I, I dare throw them away. Um, and I, I wouldn't write anything for an online-only publication. No. So you're right. No, that's a very good point, yeah. I didn't, a point I didn't even realise I'd made. <laughs> mm, well made, well made. So we've, us, we've been on a journey for, for two years and we're now nearly at the end of that journey. And, and what I've said to many people, and I have lobbied hard, you know, this week and last week, uh, I, I pushed out a post literally yesterday, which has had, you know, well over 17,000 views and about 150 likes that if for whatever reason we don't get enough engagement and we don't get the, the outcome we want, I can't imagine this is going to come back anytime soon. So let's not think, oh, if only, you know, use this as an opportunity to shape the future that you want. Whatever your views, please, please contribute because it makes a difference. It really does. Yeah, I, I, it's a very good point, Anthony. I think it's hugely important. People want a voice. And um, and you're right, as, as you said a, a number of times through through this podcast, it, that people will soon complain when they don't have a voice. So. <laughs> Um, and the problem is, if you don't make use of the voice when you have it, it gets taken away. Um, of course. And and so absolutely, it, it, it's hugely important. And I hold my hands up. I've not had time to have a look at this um, this consultation t- to this point. But now I know that it, it, it does end on Friday. Before Friday, I will be reviewing it and I will be commenting because I think it's Thank important. It, it's something that that we should all do, as many of us as possible should do. And and I would encourage, as, as you have just um um, said Anthony I'd encourage anybody listening to this podcast to to go and and have a look at that consultation and give their views yeah absolutely and like, like I said I'll put the link in the um 
in the podcast description. So, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for um, um, finding the time for this. I appreciate you're both a bit ring rusty. I think it's been a few weeks, hasn't it, since uh, you've been one of these? So, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, <laughs> also, I'm glad you got rid of the ring rust. I have to say the um, the sort of um, the podcast. Um, James and I are going to have to kind of. Uh, sort of um calm down the podcast uh sort of content because we've had some serious serious content haven't we James? we have had some very we, serious 2022 has been quite serious content yeah, which is serious. not where we started with this podcast so no. i think it's important that we have some more fun again john yeah no i, I think you must be getting some good list because ge- genuinely i started this this podcast here today by mentioning that um and I didn't, I didn't mean to act like I was surprised when people said, oh, I, I listened to the podcast. I was more surprised they were listening to me than listening to you two, if I'm being, if I'm being directly <laughs> honest. But you must be getting some good views now. Yeah, we're, we're over 14,000 downloads. Yeah. Across, across the board. And, and you know, that's, um, yeah, that's kind of pushing probably, probably over 1,000 a month or so that we... Mm. we dropping in which is great i mean you know but we i mean goodness me we've we've had some cracking topics even though they've been probably a little bit sort of uh, dry in places they've been really interesting mm. yeah uh, i think i think they, they will the, miss the the fun side of the podcast and yeah. uh, that's something that we do want to to bring back in we don't want to all be serious you know they're part of the the the, the thought process of producing this podcast was that we would show the personalities behind surveyors and and, and not just yeah. talk about the technical and the and the obviously important matters but it just turns out there's been quite a lot of important matters to discuss and the house we, we podcasted and, on them yeah yeah, yeah. And, and, and challenging me when we started out the podcast we were kind of to a certain extent oh what should we do you know where should we go what's the next thing we should what we haven't really got a thought of what we're doing next sort of thing whereas now I, we've got a list as long as our arm so it's kind of like no I know, and and in the next few weeks, you probably will have the Bouchard review to cover our oh, guests as well. Yeah, we we we've already got that one lined up. So, uh, and actually, um, we may even uh, see if we can podcast whilst you know on the on the live version that will be streamed, isn't there? So, yes, yeah, interesting, interesting. I look forward to that. I look forward to that. Cool. Well, thank you for your time, guys. Oh, okay, that's fine. I think thanks I, for joining I, us, Anthony. Yeah, You're always a pleasure really yeah. helpful to get our heads around it all and i don't i think that's kind of i mean i look forward to let's hope fingers crossed i look forward to having a pdf um version back i'm not that fussed about the hard copy but for me mm-hmm. the pdf would be fantastic so yeah you know i think it's um as you say it's it's many things to many people so absolutely john and on all that note if anyone is passionate about uh, this topic then get in touch with james and i and we can uh, yeah. then we can have a further conversation maybe maybe a post consultation conversation just to follow it up, Anthony, that might be quite. Uh, I I look forward, um, I look forward to that. Hopefully, with the outcome that I clearly you you, you can probably guess where I want this to go. Uh, that would be great. And, and you know what? Just to conclude, it'd be great because there's a lot of energy gone into this, and there are other professional institutions that equally went digital only. Listen to the members who've gone back, and for me, that's the sign of a mature. Uh, listening organisation mm-hmm. that actually goes, do you know what? Maybe we didn't get that one right. We've, yeah. we've listened. We're going to add. That is a powerful message to members yeah. in terms of, look, if you're willing to actually engage and feed your thoughts in, then the RSS are willing to listen. Yeah, yeah. And absolutely. I mean, that's one thing I think James and I probably took away from governing council because um, it didn't really happen very well. But this this worry yeah. about not being able to go back 
because you know maybe a decision that had been made or, or a process going forward do you know what yeah let's just stop making this mistake and let's retrace and let's yeah. rebuild I, I think as all three of us will know and many of the listeners in any walk of life and in business especially you have to review decisions that were made and you have to things change um you know lots of things change and you have to be able to review things and you have to hold your hands up sometimes if it actually wasn't the right decision and and yeah. go back and 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 change that and i think that you right anthony it's it's incredibly powerful for any person institution organization to, yeah. to stand there and say actually we got it wrong mm. yeah yeah, yeah. So, James. and what a bombshell to end on james that's that's a cracker i'll say no more john <laughs> <laughs> no i think i think it's just as always um, as we like to finish these off thank you anthony you do appreciate your time um, and uh, and as always, let's not forget. I was just trying to us racking my brains because we haven't really done this. How do we finish, John? <laughs> <laughs> you know, in, in all good context. And um, and now, obviously, pandemic has gone. COVID is no longer. But we do now have reassuringly monkeypox. <laughs> so, uh, Cases rising. Yeah. On that note, uh, always as always, remember to wash your hands, wash your face, and of course, Jim don't lick any strangers and i'm ever so glad that it's still relevant yeah no i am as well because i don't think we're ever going to be able to get rid of rid of that that's <laughs> that line so yeah so on that note thanks so much guys it's, it's been a, an absolute pleasure until the next time we'll see you again soon cheers now bye-bye hello there and thank you for joining us for our latest episode of the severe podcast we hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we enjoyed making it Don't forget to subscribe at all your favorite podcast providers, Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and so on. Also on Twitter and Instagram, at SurvPod, that's S-U-R-V-P-O-D. You can also get us on YouTube, click the subscribe button, and don't forget to click the little bell. It tells you when we post our latest content, and on our webpage, SurvPod.com. Don't forget to leave us your reviews, comments, suggestions, and of course, any questions. And finally, if you want to come along, join us at a future episode of the Surveyor Podcast, send us an email to servepod at gmail.com. If you like what you see in here, tell your friends, let's put surveying on the map. Stay safe, wash your hands, and don't lick any strangers. Bye-bye for now. The Surveyor Podcast is a copyright deliver and invoice limited production. We suggest you come up with your own ideas and not copy ours. Thank you. Catch you again soon. Bye-bye.